I am your host, Talalam. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Roxanne and Lassarian. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Uh, just got done doing some shopping with my mother-in-law, so I'm great. I'm doing good. Thanks. Glad to be here. Is it nine? Are we on nine? Feels like more. Well, I'm not numbering the special edition, so it's not. Okay. Right. Um, if you want to be all technical about it, it's 11. But No, no. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And our special guest this week... In light of the, the EverQuest 2 Guild Unity event coming up, we've got Ryland of the EverQuest 2 branch. How are you, Ryland? Doing good, doing good. Welcome, Ryland. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks. This is going to be an exciting podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's actually been about six or seven weeks since we did a regular episode. Um, our last two episodes were special editions with, with guests that we wanted to schedule and get out the door as quickly as possible before they had a chance to back out on us. So lots of stuff has happened with Noor since the last time we had an episode. Uh, one of the things is Lass uh, posted some updates about the uh, world record chase. What's going on there, Lass? Yeah, I have, um, I've actually had some, some, a little bit of movement on that, that front. I wrote an email or a PM, I forget, um, to a, a fellow by the name of Slowhand about six months ago, and he actually finally just got back to me. He's the moderator of a website called Euserbius.org, which is essentially a forums where you know expatriates from Euserbius get together and just kind of reminisce and talk about the glory days. He actually has a um, what he, he described as a screenshot of a, of a former. I have no idea. He hasn't sent it to me yet, but a, a screenshot of a NOR player. You know, live on Euserbius at the time, and uh, you know, I asked him to, out of, just out of curiosity, of course, I wanted to see it. But we may have an opportunity here to put that that file under the microscope, and if it has any sort of embedded headers that we could, you know, unearth and, and verify it you know, when it was taken and that sort of thing, then uh, then we'll be able to do that. That'll that'll get us one step closer to getting that record. But he also confirmed the identity of a another member of that. Uh, of that forums, the Euserbius.org, so the guy by the name of Beamer, who I, I remember uh, interacting with on Euserbius on a, well, pretty on a kind of reg- regular basis. He was sort of on all of the, all of the servers there, all of the little realms, and he was a programmer that worked for Sierra Network, and he was kind of down in the trenches with the rest of us, and uh, is a member of that forums, as I mentioned. So I contacted Beamer in the hopes that he will uh, remember NOR, and if he does, and is willing to attest to that, then that is one of only two industry insiders, third-party industry insiders that we would need to verify our claim that we were founded in 1992 or whenever it is he recollects, and that would put us well on our way to getting that record. That's awesome. Now, um, if, if we got two industry insiders, would we still need to have, like, any old documents that we have sent to, like, a computer CSI place and verified and tested and all that? Great question. The answer is no. If we have two or more industry insiders, um, we would have the the evidence that we require basically for free. Um, we wouldn't we, – we'd, I would um, – they've told us to send us everything we want, but they, they outlined very explicitly what will definitely ring us the – 
bring us the the record, and that's the you know the sort of the the set of, of options that we have. Either we can you know provide third party documentation, which is how the current record holder got their record. They they were able to unearth a uh, a game guide uh, that was about the particular game that the guild was present on, and whomever had written the guide just as a matter of course, apparently, or, or luck, had mentioned the syndicate. Uh, and that is how they established their their time of February of 1996. So if we are able to get the two industry insiders, that includes, you know, programmers, employees of the, of the game companies that we work for, journalists, really anybody that isn't a member of the guild or a family member of the guild um, who has the credentials to speak sort of at a reasonable expert level about the games, the servers, the accounts the and who was playing what kind of people were playing that sort of thing uh will attest to that under oath you know as a uh an affidavit of some sort then uh guinness will accept that so we wouldn't have to go through the computer forensics business at all i have a question class um so they gave you a guideline of what we need right the the minimum of what we need should we send in other stuff like you know like that screenshot or, you know. Absolutely, Rox. Okay. I, I mean, I intend to sort of um, to overdo it, I mean, as much as possible. I'm going to send them everything we've got. I'm going to send them at least one complete set of as old a set of documents as I can get my hands on. I will send them affidavits from every member of the guild who will sign one as to their – because they will consider those things as sort of additional or supportive or whatever, uh, but they won't rule on just – the documents that we supplied or just affidavits from the actual members themselves because obviously we have a vested interest in, in securing the record. Right. Well, I think um, I know of a couple people who would be glad to give you an affidavit. Oh, I'm sure we won't have any trouble getting the members to do that. I've kind of put that off till last because until we know if we've got ourselves a ball game, it, it doesn't really matter. Another update that I have actually that's <sighs> – Obviously, it's related to this. Is I, I found a uh, I found a website that dates us back to December 26, 1996, and that's as close to our goal as I've ever ever been able to document from a third party site. That puts us within just a few months striking distance, and the record requirements actually allows us a 12 month leeway. So, strictly speaking, we might be able to bag it now, but we would only have about one month worth of wiggle room to December of 1995 to secure it. And if we can get the two industry insiders that I think we can get, because I believe Beamer, once he surfaces, is going to be able to give us a list of names the length of my arm of other programmers who were in there. And if we can do that, then we'll be able to go all the way back to 1992 or 1993 and really secure that record with some some room to spare. That's great. Can I mention something, too? This is kind of off topic, but not really. But you mentioned Slowhand, um, the keeper of the Yeserbius.org site. Yeah. I know that him and some other people that played in Yeserbius have started playing WoW together. And if anyone is interested in, you know, doing that, hanging out with those guys, just go to their website and Yeserbius.org. And um, you can find information on that there. Sorry, I just had to plug that. <laughs> 
Well, actually, I, I, one of the things I posted was I was asking for volunteers to go and register to the Serbius.org website and kind of help me comb through the posts because a lot of the good leads I've gotten have come directly from that site, uh, directly or indirectly from that site. And it's it's proven to be a kind of a useful place to, to information mine, uh, but I couldn't possibly go through the entire site myself. We can get half a dozen people to sign up and each of us to pick a, a, a section of it and just literally go through and read it post by post by post for however long it takes to do that. I'd really like to be sure we've covered all of our bases. Okay. Sounds good. Everybody go and and do that now. All right. And the next thing I wanted to ask you about is I saw on the forum that the online application is back and uh, I saw at least a teaser for the, the long-threatened, I believe you described it as, online roster. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. What's up there? Uh, the application was um, that I put up there was with my, my poor PHP programming skills, uh, not a secure document. And, um, and had I left it there, it would have, it would have opened us up to some, to some mischief from, from bots and spammers and, and whatnot. So I took it down, and uh, we're putting it back up with a sort of uh, validation and verification and some of the, the cleaning that we need to do for whatever's uploaded to the database to happen before it goes out there. Uh, that will make it safe to be out in the open and, and kind of bot-proof, uh, and will allow <coughs> prospective members to, to go to that one place and, and sign up on the application. Um, it won't really. It won't look any different than it did before. There's really no new information. There's no new bells and whistles, other than the validation itself, which, which restricts the the answers and, and certain things to certain formats, so that the that the the applicant you know is, is entering the t- the proper type of, of information that we need from them. Uh, but it also is going to discourage any of the, the bots or spammers from from taking liberties with our with our page there. So that's the uh, that's the application. The roster is, is really the big one. The roster has been uh, has been uh, a challenging uh, piece of work for me to get through. I'm getting some help on this, but I'm very excited about it. Uh, the roster is going to be a, a single online repository for all of the rosters for all of the games that we have ever been on, and every single member that we have ever had that we still have a record of. You know, eventually it's going to have all of that. We're going to start with the the newest, excuse me, the, the most recent rosters, our current members, and we'll work our way back from there. Um, the, the, the simplest portion of it, the, the, just the straight-up roster page, is just going to be a basically a big, long list, you know, what you would almost expect from a roster. You know, it'll have your, your name, your rank, which game you're playing, you know, a means of contacting you if we can figure out how to do that, uh, and a couple of other bits of information, including your alts and that sort of thing. And this is also going to have a series of filters and sorts that you'll be able to ascribe to it. So, Tallow, if you wanted to hop on and see just the people who are playing on Guild Wars 2, you'll be able to select Guild Wars 2 from a drop-down menu and sort the entire roster for players that are just currently playing Guild Wars 2 and a couple of other sorts you can do as well, rank and that sort of thing. So if I wanted to, like, make, like, my Nord genealogy, you know, I could go in and filter it. Could I see who recruited me? Will that be on there? If we have it? That will be, I, I have a spot for recruiter if people recall it or if we have that information. So wherever we have information to insert, certainly we will. Uh, that's not going to appear on the blank or on the sort of the, the larger roster itself where everybody's name is listed. But that will appear as information that's available on your individual member profile. So every single, so whenever you're looking at the gigantic roster list, you can click on anybody's name. 
and that will call up their individual member profile, which is an entire page dedicated just to that member. That is going to include their, their name, their rank, how many years they've been with the guild. Uh, it's also going to have uh, visual versions of the awards that we've given out for the guild, like the Silver Starburst and the Golden Aldebora Tree and the Heart of the Purple Dragon and a few others I've made up that I, I have to get approved by the High Council. Um, Sort of in a shadow box configuration, as though it were sort of like a, a thing hanging on your wall showing your medals and stuff. And then off to the side will be a b- brief description of the basic information that was provided on the roster, including a few other details that, that aren't included in the short version of the roster, like your recruiter or a couple of other things. And, uh, and then finally at the bottom, it's going to have a complete linear history of that player, uh, you know, in reverse order. So the most recent event. Uh, and all the way back down to the beginning. So the, when you were promoted, where you were promoted, um, to what, if you transferred, uh, if you were given an award, if you uh, were a member of the DMG, all of that sort of stuff is going to be listed on that, that page. Awesome. And I feel, um, on both the application form and the roster, I should apologize. Um, several months ago I had offered you my help because um, I used to do that. I used to be a PHP developer, and um, yeah, I offered you my help, and I didn't come through with pretty much anything, mainly because I got busy, and there's a reason I'm not a PHP developer anymore, and that's because I sort of hate it. But I did, <laughs> I did offer you my services, and then I did not come through, so I do feel like I owe you an apology. Uh, no apology is, is necessary. I think everybody understands that. Uh, I mean, if anybody should be apologizing, it, it, this has only been in development for, what, like two years? And it, it's not two years' worth of work, really. It's a couple of hours' worth of work, and if I had any idea what the hell I was doing, uh, it would have been done long before now. Do you need volunteers to help you with data entry? Um, you know, once it comes to, you know, actually, you know, you start with the active branches and then you start going back. Yes. There's literally thousands of people to add to that roster. There's literally thousands of people. I don't know that we have thousands of people on the archive of the rosters that are currently in my possession, but I guess I would say I need, I need two sets of volunteers. I need, I need sort of researchers or, or, you know, our roster archaeologists to sort of dig through their computers and their files and find any and all old rosters that they have. And we need to bring them together in a, a single place and sort of sort through them. And then we are also going to need people to actually physically, you know, uh, you know, input the data. And I've got a couple of people who have said they'd be willing to do that. I, like Asha said, she was one and Tundra volunteered also. So we have a, a couple of bodies on the on the uploading portion of things. What we're also going to have to, uh, you know, to collate all of that information as well. And if at all possible, I'm going to try to have it collated into a database form that we can simply upload the entire file instead of doing it manually. But either way, it's going to require some eyes on the information so that it can be properly sorted, properly formatted, and edited appropriately. Tundra makes the rest of us look bad. Yes, he does. But, um, Laugh, I'd be more than willing to offer my clerical skills. Um, I know I don't have any old rosters on my computers, Um that would be in Alabama, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd be more than happy to to do clerical stuff. That'd be great. That's that's it for that. A couple other news items. This week is the 40th anniversary of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> in my opinion, one of the five most important popular music albums of all time. Tallow, tell us how long it was on the top. What is it? Top 100. It was. I don't know about the top 100. It was on the Billboard charts for like 741 weeks. That's the one. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, 
In my opinion, one of the five most important podcasts. I thought it was longer. Of all time. Than 741 weeks. I yeah. Don't know. Um, weeks, Rox. That's like 14 years? Yeah. It's, oh, I'm thinking days. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, 741 weeks from 1973 to 1988. Um, with an estimated 50 million copies sold. Wow. Worldwide, so. If anybody cares, my other top four, or my other, the rest of my top five most important popular music albums of all time are Sgt. Pepper by The Beatles, Thriller by Michael Jackson, Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy, and Nevermind by Nirvana. But that's just my opinion. I can't believe this, but I totally agree with you. I'm with you on the Sgt. Peppers, but nothing else. I what? Didn't that. I just said most important, and each of those albums, the first two, Sgt. Pepper and Dark Side of the Moon, completely changed the way Albums were recorded. Sgt. Pepper pretty much introduced the idea of multi-track recording, and Dark Side of the Moon had so many new recording techniques in it that, that bands have used since then. That those two are more for technical reasons, besides the fact that they're fantastic. And the other three were all cultural touchstones. Um, that's just my opinion. Also this week, um, EA and Maxis proved that Blizzard is not the most evil company in the world. <laughs> Here we go. The most broken game I have ever owned in SimCity. I charted this out for for Roxy the other day in just a very brief conversation. When I got Diablo 3 launch day, you know, I had it all preloaded, ready to go. Um, I actually played that game for about 8 to 10 hours on launch day. Um, There were some problems overnight and on the second day. But even the second day, I got another, like, 6 hours into Diablo 3. By day 3 and 4, I had no more problems with that game. And that game was... A nightmare. I know my experience was better than a lot of other people's, but by day three or four, it was fixed. My experience with SimCity this week was abysmal. Day one and two, I logged a grand total of zero seconds in that game. Um, Some people said, you know, there was like a 20-minute queue to enter a server. I never even got to that point. If I could connect to a server at all and get into the game, I would get in and it wouldn't let me do anything. I couldn't do the tutorial. I couldn't claim a city. I could do nothing. So in the first two days, I logged zero seconds of gameplay in that game. Day three, it looked like it was going to be entirely the same again. Um, Towards the end of the night, I ended up getting in about 90 minutes, and then I got kicked off because the servers were done. Uh, Day four which was yesterday, was not terrible. Um, a couple times during the day I was able to get on and play, but for the most part during the day, once again, the servers were down. Uh, today, day five, was the first day that I played that everything seemed to work right. Like yesterday when I played, uh, you create, I created a region, and um, Vashile, you know, fellow Norm member, it also has SimCity, and we're friends on EA's origin service, so I should be able to invite him to my region. He invited me to his, that worked fine, but when I logged in, it didn't show that he was my friend, so I couldn't invite him. So there were still connection issues. But today, that was working again, so it seems like most of their problems have been worked out. Um, But the launch was an unmitigated disaster. And at least I'll get a free PC game out of this, because EA did announce today that um, everybody who bought the game these, these first couple days and tried to play it, We'll be getting a free PC game from their catalog on Origin, so, you know. It's it's not an online game, is it? (laughs) (laughs) The limit for that is, but I'm sure there's something in the EA catalog I could use. But, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. That game, when I've played it, when I've got in and it's worked, uh, the new SimCity is fantastic. If you've liked any of the SimCities, you'll like this game, but... 
yeah, the launch. Someday someone's going to release an always-on title that doesn't have a terrible launch, but it hasn't happened yet. Tyler, what is what is inviting somebody to your region supposed to look like in this game anyway? Well, you know, like in, in SimCity 4, you had, like, the big region, and you could have, like, multiple cities within it? Yeah, sure. Like that in the new one as well. But since it's all online, you can have public regions or private regions. And if you play a private region, it's your region. Random losers from out in the cloud can't join and, you know, claim cities in your region. So what really all I did is give him permission to join. So he can claim one of the cities, I can claim one of the cities, and we can play in the same region at the same time. Oh, okay. Sources with each other. Um there are spots in each region where you can build um, great works, they're called, and you need basically multiple cities contributing to complete those and that kind of thing. Um, so if you want, you could you know, get a big region for yourself and control 16 cities on your own, or you know, theoretically you could do a big region and have you and 15 of your friends in there all working in one okay. in right. cool. a metropolis. So well, I have a couple questions. First off, so you can only have 16 cities in a big region? The biggest region right now is 16 cities. The smallest is three. Okay. And secondly, are they going to um, enable people to play offline, like if they want to do their private city? Because I heard that was that some people complaining about that. I read some reviews and stuff, so I was just curious. People complained about that with Diablo 3, too, and you can't play that offline yet. Oh, that's true. They're going to look at it, but it would require a significant re-engineering of the game. Um, well, the engine that, that runs the game doesn't run all the calculations for the simulation on your PC. Well, and you know, I think another reason there's been so much rage, nerd rage about this, is because it seemed like a lot of people that bought the game didn't normally play online games. So they didn't understand that launches, you know, can have problems. Well, oh, that's interesting. SimCity has, to this point, been a single-player game. So people who, I mean, there are people out there who only play SimCity as far as PC games go. They're not gamers. They just like building cities, you know, beating the simulation, that kind of thing. Um, so those people had, I mean, they've they had a serious problem with it from the beginning. Um, regular gamers don't like the always online concept either because it feels like companies are punishing consumers. Um, as for, you know, nerd rage about, you know, there being problems at launch, I completely agree with the people who have complaints about that. Um, well, yeah, but I'm just saying I don't think that uh, some of the players, a lot of the players were very patient. Like, you and I would be a lot more patient and forgiving. You didn't want to be in my office this week. I was not patient and forgiving in the slightest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, were you not getting his little steam IMs? And it's not, and I actually, I disagree with you. We shouldn't be patient about this anymore. No, I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying, you know, if you think that, because I read a lot of interview or not interviews, reviews on Amazon, and it seemed like the majority, you know, they weren't online gamers. You know what I mean? That they played, you know, SimCity when they were a child and now got this game, you know. So I was just curious what your thoughts. They, that's, that's completely true, and those people are going to feel sucker punched. Um, exactly. 
I expected I expected some level of problem going in, you know, given the experience of Diablo three, basically every MMO launch. I don't. I was gonna say I don't, I don't think Guild Wars two had big problems, but they also turned off digital sales. Um, Guild Wars two only sold a certain number of digital copies online. Then they turned off digital sales until they had more server capacity. And then they turned digital sales back on again. Um, so theirs was sort of unique, but. I mean, it's been... Rift was well-launched. Rift was really well-launched. It's been 15 years of online games, so for EA to have a launch like they did, from anybody's perspective, is entirely unacceptable. Right. Well, I was going to say, if they knew they had so many digital sales, then I, I don't understand why it... You know, they didn't expect all of those people to log on and want to play, you know? Well, there's... Two things that you have to look at. Usage on their servers is going to be peak now, first two months. I mean, you saw you can use Star Wars as a great example. Star Wars did not have enough servers at launch. Bioware went out of their way and made a whole bunch of extra servers so everybody could play. And then a few months later, the number of active players went down, and they started merging servers, which means that ultimately they wasted a whole lot of money getting that extra capacity. Um, and... EA probably has enough servers in here for the game from, like, two months of after launch in, in perpetuity. Their launch servers were probably enough to handle that. They were not enough to handle the immediate launch. And I think they were hoping they could scrape by until the numbers started going down because most people only play a game for a certain number of hours and they're done with it and they've moved on to the next thing. You know, that's, that's, that's just how I feel about it. But either way, they, they sucked. Hey, Roland. Um, are you going to play uh, SimCity? Truthfully, I kind of doubt it. I'm not uh, not too much into those kind of games. Fair enough. That's all I have to say about that. I'm going to move on to news from the realms before I vent even further. Yay! Uh, Dungeons & Dragons Online Update 17 is out. Return to Giant Hold. Um, that's got some heroic and epic level adventures, new gear, that kind of stuff. Monster Manual 3 is out. Uh, no Dungeons & Dragons is complete without your Monster Manual. And they've added gear augments, uh, which is a new way to customize equipment. They also announced that the Shadowfell Conspiracy, their next expansion, with new regions and quests, is um, in development. That will increase the level cap to 28 and add iconic heroes. Um, so if you've achieved a certain level on your main, you know, certain level with certain achievements, you'll be able to start alts at level 15. Um, right now, I think you can start your alts at level 7 if you make certain uh, achievements on your main. So moving oh. to level 15. Um, EverQuest 2 announced a whole bunch of free-to-play changes, um, but I don't know what they are, and Ryland will tell us about those. All righty. Well, with the... Uh Director note that came out last week, they're going to be opening up a lot of stuff for both the free and uh, silver account players. They're opening up all classes and all races, as well as uh, all the all of your bag slots will be unlocked. Also, they're going to be uh, able to use the shared bank slots between, uh, between characters, and there's not going to be any more uh, quest journal restrictions as far as you're going to be able to have as many quests as a gold account player and those are those are some pretty big uh pretty big deals for us over here in e q two the bag space one every m m o that has a free to pay play component limits your bag space and 
it's usually the first thing to make me stop playing a game. Because of everything in the game, it feels the most like a mandatory purchase. Um, you run out of bag space so fast in Dungeons & Dragons if you don't buy more bag space. Uh, Star Wars can run out of, you know, um, uh, bank space ridiculously fast if you don't buy a second tab. Lord of the Rings, you can it's just everywhere. Bag space is like a mandatory purchase in free-to-play games. So for me, this is just huge. Rylan, can you, you, you talk, walk us through a little bit maybe why those... Uh why these changes are, are going to be kind of so popular or so critical to the players on EQ2? Well, okay. Well, now, as far as the races are concerned, that's that's a, a fun-to-have thing because, really, in EQ2, you can play any race you want to, pretty much any class you want to, but opening up the classes is really where I think they've they've went the right way because – they were limiting the class selection down so far that it made the free-to-play players not able to access more needed classes. And, and that's going to be a big oh, one, especially up, in, especially up in the higher levels. Because a lot of the free-to-play players, yeah, you can't have, you know, you still can't have your uh, legendary or fabled gear. But once you get your character up to... Level 95, or, well, depending on which uh, expansions you have, either level 90, 90 or level 95, then you can start buying your gear slots and actually getting your fabled gear. If you've got a, a, a class now that's actually needed for raiding, you buy your fabled gear, and all of a sudden, now you can go on these high-level raids where... Before, all of the free-to-play classes, well, they were a dime a dozen, and they weren't really needed. Right. So that's going to be huge. And, of course, uh, the shared bank slots. I mean, that for me, that's a big thing because I have quite a few not only alts on my main account, which is gold, but I have a lot of – I have, like, five free-to-play accounts with – multiple characters on each one of those. And being able to pass gear back and forth is huge because there's a lot of what they call heirloom gear that you can get now that can't be sold to other players or traded to other players, but it can be put in a shared bank and transferred between characters on the same account. Aha, uh-huh, I see. And, and, and of course... Like was already was said, the uh, the bag slots, yeah, bags have always been on short supply, and and that's one thing that uh, that I'm really glad they they cleared up because I will be a little plug here. I will be hosting the glue event, and I will have uh, maximum slot bags for for pretty much anybody who needs them. And I had planned on this before I knew this, just because I know how easy it is to run out of bag space. Ah, uh-huh. so gigantic free bags on EQ two for the glue. Exactly. Nice. Awesome. Moving on to Star Wars: The Old Republic. Um, Bioware is going to do. Must we? Yes. Moving on to uh, some security increases. Uh, you'll know, but starting April second, you'll no longer be able to log in with your email address. You'll have to actually use your display name which is the name that displays on your login page after you've logged in. Um, Using your email address has actually been identified as uh, a security problem for years for for websites um, because it tells whoever's intruding into your account what your email address is. Um, Also, with Update 2.0 is coming a bunch of new 
uh, post-level 50 content, and of course Rise of the Hutt Cartel expansion is coming soon too. Tundra has way more updates than I feel like talking about here on the forum, so just check out the the information and updates sub-forum under Star Wars on the, the NOR boards. Yeah, Guild Wars 2, the guild mission... Can I ask a question? Yes. Before we move on, uh, you had mentioned that they're stopping the use of um, your email address to log in. Well, I don't know if you read the post about me being um, hacked, but um, do you think that's how they got that information? I have no idea. Okay. Because I'm trying to figure out how someone got into my account. It's just driving me nuts. Anyway, I'm sorry. Have you run a full virus scan on your computer? Yes. With what? Well, I am using... What program is that? It's Microsoft's program, uh, Defender, biggest Defender. Yeah. You, know, you should always do that. And did you have an authenticator on your account? Yes. No. No, no. Are you going to get one now? Yes. I usually have authenticators. I'm just going to point that out. Oh. But I never got one for Guild Wars 2. Moving on to Guild Wars 2. Uh, Sorry. Missions. <laughs> Guild Missions um, came out with the February update, The Gathering Storm. Uh, the update also advanced the game's living story and added a new PvP map. Uh, there's more information, again, on the NOR forums. And with that, we'll move on to Rift with Lasarian. Yeah, Rift. Uh, Carnival of the Ascended uh, is coming <coughs> with uh, minigames, costume items. The Carnival of the Ascended is the uh, Rift's anniversary party. Uh, as an added bonus during the anniversary from March 21st through April the 4th, all subscribers will receive a 20% increase in Kill XP or Planar Attunement Prestige. Guild XP... Dungeon currency, zone event currency, and plane ride. Well, that's a big bonus. Uh, and uh, don't forget that players can return for free from uh, March 21st through the 25th. And it's fun. I did some of the um, the games, mini games last night, and it's a lot of fun. Love it. Well, I haven't been on to check it out yet, but I absolutely will. You'll love it. I've been terribly remiss in my, my in-game presence lately. It's a busy time of year. You know, March Madness is upon us. All right, moving to some future games, Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, Bethesda and Zenimax announced that the beta is coming in March. Uh, it's March now, so stay on your email. Uh, <laughs> you get an invite, be sure to post it on the NOR forum so that you can tell us all what you're seeing and what's going on. Um, Neverwinter is moved on from Alpha to Beta. Tundra has had, like, a full NOR group for a few events already, and he seems to be coordinating everything very well from... Uh, the Neverwinter Forum on the NOR boards, uh, yet another reason Tundra makes the rest of us look like crap. Yes, and that, his groups are... He uh, already set up the provisional barony, got that put through, and I, I believe he picked up a recruit in Alpha. Yes, he did. And I have to say, the game is pretty pretty fine, so if you like um, DDO, I'm sure you'll like Neverwinter. I want to back up to uh, ESO for a minute. Ka- Tallow, you've been talking about this... Well, forever. I mean, no, no, no longer explanation on or, or or thoughts on Elder Scrolls Online with the beta upon us. You're going to be playing, right? That's the idea. I am, if I get into the beta, I will. I will be playing definitely. Um, I 
I would like to, you know, apply for a provisional barony there, but I need to make sure that I will have time, given that I will be a father. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm not sure that that's something I'll be able to commit to. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to commit to it and then not be able to do it. Um, that would be a disservice to everybody. Um, but there are a number of NOR members who are looking to play that game. Some of them have been officers in the past, so I can probably convince somebody to get that set up soon. Um, problem I'm running into is I want all three factions to survive and thrive as NOR branches, and that's not something we've ever succeeded at before. So I've I've actually been working on that. On ways to do that, talking with some people, but you're going to need three officers. Yes, we'll need three officers. They'll almost sort of have to to work almost independently and together at the same time. It will be it will be a unique challenge that I don't think we've ever undertaken before. So actually, it'll actually be more. It'll actually be closer to the original structure that NOR had at its beginning than we've had in well in probably about 20 years because we would have multiple duchies on multiple servers on the same game. It's not the same as far as factions are concerned, but that's how the tree structure, I believe, was was originally formed and why it was planned the way that it was, was for exactly yes. this sort of this sort of uh game environment. Yes. It yeah, you're exactly right. I hadn't thought about it like that last The biggest problem I think we're gonna run into is recruiting. As big as some of our bigger branches are, there aren't enough NOR members who are going to transfer to this game that each of the three factions could survive on its own for very long. So we're going to have to be very aggressive about recruiting, and in that, we can't lower our standards of who we let in. We can't let in every Tom, Dick, and Harry just because they're walking by. You know, no, they, still have to, they still have to be a fit for the guild, but if we try to survive just on transfers, uh, we're going to see... Factions dropping off really quickly. Well, Tala, that's that's true for any game. No game is going to ever thrive on transfers. Recruiting has got to be an integral, daily, weekly part of guild life. Yes, yes, it does. It has to be. But you know, in a one faction game like Guild Wars, we can get a lot of transfers and have a very nice looking branch. Well, true. Which true. makes it easier to recruit. I think we have, we've got some challenges for ESO that I think that I think will take a very large group effort. You can cycle some glue-like events on the same game and simply have everybody slide over one one faction for a night and, you know, buff up the numbers a little. Yes, yes, certainly. Well, I think the key is going to be getting officers who really want to make it work, and I know we have officers like that. Um, A lot of them are inactive right now. I'm sorry? I said, yeah, but he's playing Neverwinter. <laughs> no, there's other oh, officers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I could, if I could say, you know what, I'm going to take one of these factions and Tundra and Sayla, you take the other two. I would be more than thrilled, but oh, that'd be hey. like a dream team. That, yeah, that'd be like, well, except for me, those two would be carrying me. But otherwise, it'd be an all-star team. But we, we've got a lot of, <laughs> we've got a lot of really good inactive officers, and yes, we do. But yeah. I mean, coming back is is a huge commitment, and. Like I said, I have I have a reason why I might not be able to do it, and I don't want to commit. Well, maybe Ryland's available. It's possible. Yeah, Ryland. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, man, don't be volunteering me for shit. It, it, it kind of <laughs> depends on how the whole EQ2 thing goes, because right now I, I've got my hands full. <laughs> oh, that's true. Are you having fun, though? Oh, yeah. I I really love this game. 
Yeah, well, well good. that's good. See, we I'm, have... I'm relieved to hear that. Let's yeah. let's move on to that game then. Um, yeah. <laughs> EQ2. Now, I'm going to say right off the bat, um, I have never played EverQuest 2. I only played the original EverQuest for about six months, um, and then I left for Dark Age of Camelot. Um, so there's going to be two types of people, maybe three types of people coming to the EverQuest 2 glue. You're going to have a lot of longtime EQ players coming back, hopping on high-level characters, um, I'm hoping, um, because that was a massive branch in its heyday. Um, you're going to have people like me who enjoy spending time with their guildmates um, jumping into the game really for the first time. And then you'll probably have some people that tried it for a little bit and got, you know, mid-level before, you know, leaving to do something else. So yeah. for the group of people like me who have never played EverQuest 2 before, what should I expect going in? Hmm. Well, going in, it's it's really going to be they, – they've they've really – adjusted it for the newer type of MMO gamers, so it's going to be a lot like jumping into any other MMO. You've got your beginner's quests where as long as you go to one of the two newer towns, which I actually now I believe are the only two starting cities for good or evil, uh, New Hollis or... Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> but... Uh, the two newer starting cities are really well mapped out as far as for beginning players that have never played before, never played any MMO before. It walks you step-by-step step up through about level 20, which, and that's the other thing, is if you played MMOs, you're going to level pretty quick up through at least your first 10 to 15 levels. New players, I don't think, are going to have any problem at all adjusting to the gameplay. Now, the controls, that might be a little a little different. What's, what's quick, Ryland? What do you think? 15 levels. 15 levels? Um, 15 levels solo, you can... Pr- if, if you know... If you know how MMOs roll, I would say 15 levels in... Eh, maybe four or five hours. Yeah, okay. Now, if you've got help, like, uh, well, for, say, me and my uh, party in a can, I can get you through 15 levels in about 10 minutes. Oh, geez. Okay. I see. <laughs> yeah, I want to sign up for that program right there. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, yeah, I can get through – I can get a, a character up through 20 reasonably quick. I can – in – a good day of gameplay, four to six hours, I can usually get a character up into their 30s or 40s. Nice. Good now, job, man. for people who have who have played either, I played a little bit of Ever, the original EverQuest. I don't happen to recall where I went after that. And I, I did play some EQ2 um, back when I was first re-engaging with, with NOR um, for probably about six months, I suppose. So for people who are familiar with, Either the game itself, or who are certainly veteran MMO players, how's that? How's that going to, to work for people coming into the the glue event? I mean, you, you just sort of feel like these people are going to hit the ground running and are going to have no trouble neg- uh, navigating this at all. Oh no, I I don't see if you, if you're a, a veteran MMO player or have played EQ2 in the past or even EQ1, I don't see any major issues with just hitting the ground running. And also, if you've played before and you still have your old account information, you're automatically grandfathered into a silver account, which, oh. 
which the silver account, you will, well, of course, you'll already be able to play all the races and all the classes, so you're not limited there, so that won't make much of a difference. But you'll have your old tunes that, that you can hop on and play, whether you're 20 or 30 or 40 or wherever you got to. You'll have all the equipment. The only the only stipulation, of course, is that uh, that if you had any higher level equipment as far as legendary or fabled or mythical gear, if you're a free or silver account, you can't use it unless you pay for the unlock. What are some of the um, what are some of the other uh, benefits for having like a uh, like for example, my tune is is I, would, I assume is still there and may even still be tagged. Uh, he was as of even a year or two ago when I was you know checking in with some of the officers there. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's there. I don't happen to recall what level he was. I think he was 20. Um, but what are some of the, the for people who do have old accounts who do have old tunes there? What are they? What are they going to be enjoying as far as that? So what does the silver account mean for them? The silver account really, what the silver account gives you is going to be uh, additional character slots. Um, let me pull it up really quick, actually, because I'm not exactly sure what all. Oh, you got a gold, so maybe you don't you don't slum around with the silver account guy. Right? Oh no, I've got I've got one gold account, four silver accounts, and one free to play account. Accounts, whole accounts. Yes, all accounts because I actually multi-box. I play. Uh-huh. I can play. Believe it or not, I can play a full group by myself. Oh my god. So you're yeah. telling me that we're, you know we're, we're online there we we see Ryland and there's you know 15 people on and they're all you. I wouldn't go that far. I can't play that many. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a little bit much. <laughs> this is Ryland, our branch leader of EQ2, and this is Ryland, our count and, and our duke, and he recently is a new recruit, and we're going to be promoting Ryland, uh, who's going to be doing the promotion ceremony. Will be Ryland. Exactly. Okay. Well. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Here we go. Sorry, it took me a second to get up to pull up the EQ2 uh, account matrix. But basically what you get, uh, between, the difference between uh, free and silver, there's really not that big of a difference. You get uh, two additional character slots. You get to upgrade to expert spells where free only gets adept, which I want to say there's four levels of spells. There's your beginning level, there's your adept level, there's your expert level, and then your, there's your master level. In order to get a master level spell or use a master level spell, you have to have gold or you have to unlock it. Uh, also, let's see, that's no longer uh, no longer true because everybody gets all your bag slots. Um, oh, uh, shared bank slots don't matter anymore because that's going away with the new update. Oh, uh, that's right. Journal quests are going away with the new update. Now, oh, this is all going to be live as of the as of the glue event. All these these updates. This should this should be live this next week. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. great, great. Uh, and the other thing with free is your chat ability. For free players, you can use say, tell, group, and guild. Where uh, with the silver account, it is unlimited. You can use all the different channels. You can go into the auction channel. You can go. You can create your own channel. Uh, with free, you can't do that. Gotcha. But other than that, yeah, with the with the updates that are coming, really, there's not much, uh, not really much difference between the the free and the silver anymore. Also, if you for the older players coming back, uh, 
I know if you haven't or if you haven't purchased uh, Dungeons of Elias, currently the level cap for the free and the silver account accounts are ninety. And if you do purchase, well, you can't purchase uh, the Velius expansion anymore because now it's been lumped into the Chains of Eternity expansion. But with the Chains of Eternity expansion, the level cap's actually been raised to 95. Yeah, I don't know that I'll be seeing level 95 anytime soon. Oh, that's okay. I don't have any of my characters to level 95 either. Oh, okay. Uh, I've got one at... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I've got one at 94, but... With uh, with uh, leveling up all the lower level characters I have, uh, it's taken a little time to get to ninety five. Right. Well, you've got a whole group to fill. Exactly. Now, uh, is there, you know, when it comes to say, there's a bunch of people on who are complete noobs, is there like dungeon content for us to do if we get up to like fifteen or twenty or you know thirty? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There is dungeon content starting. Well, let's see here. I'm actually going to pull up uh, EQ2 uh, Wikia, which if for anyone who hasn't played EQ2, if you need information about where to go, uh, what what zones or what level, EQ2 Wikia is the place to go. It's got the best timelines available out there. And and yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and there are dungeons starting as low as level 11. Oh, cool. So basically, once you get through the uh, the the newbie quests, uh, get your first uh, first set of gear. Yeah, you can group up six people and go into any of these dungeons. Now, what are your goals? Um, you know, we finished the last glue event, and you know, Tundra posted, "Okay, when are we going to start planning for the next one?" And you sort of jumped in uh, for EverQuest. What are your goals um, as far as you know, players coming? What do you what do you want to do? With them, like um, Tundra had a very specific plan that, uh, yeah, by by the end of the weekend on Star Wars, um, he wanted to kill at least the world boss on Coruscant, um, which is like a level 18 world boss. And so he gathered up a whole you know bunch of Norbies and took us to do that because that's something that we definitely would not have been able to do on our own. Well, and and I've been looking into this a little bit, and there are some uh, some low level raids which. If we get enough uh, enough players in of an appropriate level, I've got a couple of uh, possibly tier three, tier four uh, raids, which are uh, running up into levels thirty or forty. I don't know that we'll hit the the level forty raids, but if we get enough people and we get the enough of the right level, I, I'd like to hit some of the lower level. Uh, just some of the lower level, either contested mods or uh, or instances, but mostly I, I want to focus on uh, on grouping, going in, you know, getting people through uh, through some dungeon content. Uh, uh, like I said, if we get a lot of our old veteran players that have left EQ2 and are coming back, we might even get enough to do a couple of high level raids. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'd like to see it happen. But at this point, uh, it's really it's going to be a meet and greet. I'd love to, to, like I said, run groups through dungeons and things like that. EQ2 has a great mentoring system, so even if I bring on my level 94, I can mentor down to level, you know, whatever you, the new tunes level is, and we can play together just like I was that level with a little. Well, I can't say just like I was that level because. It's uh, you're still pretty 
pretty overpowered, but you can play their content, which which and, and I know that was a that was an issue with uh, with Star Wars Galaxies was that they don't have a mentoring system, so it's hard to bring in your high level tunes and your low level tunes and intermix. With EQ2, it's a lot easier. Are you are you hoping to to maybe do a little little? I, I'm not sure how to put this without sounding ridiculous, but you know, is there a recruiting component into into your thinking here? I mean, is it is it worthwhile to fill a group with uh, with five NORVs and and then maybe grab somebody just to bring them along for the company and then see how it goes? Is that sort of the? I think the original idea for the glue event was to get everybody together, but it was also to have a, a recruiting component to it. And and I would really love to do that, especially because I know on I scour EverQuest 2 forums all day. And one big thing I've been seeing is, yeah, there aren't a lot of low-level groups. It's hard for, for people just starting out to find groups at, at the lower level. So I would love to be able to to try and promote this as, as some recruiting also, because recruiting is is pretty difficult where you've got a game that, 80% of the people that are still playing are at the upper tier, and that other 20%, the only thing they've got is solo all the way up to 90 before they can get a group. I would love to get a couple of NOR groups together and maybe get uh, some people, you know, some lower-level tunes in to, to see if uh, see if they're a good fit for NOR. That would be great. I think that would be great to do what you just said. I mean, as a... A uh, recruiting tool, that's pr- a pretty good one, you know. Um, hopefully we can get some recruits for you while we're there. That'd be fun. That would that would definitely make my day. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. We could do it. Um, I just realized I was looking at my computer, and I don't have EverQuest 2 on this computer, so I'm going to have to get that set up. Oh, yes, definitely. Now, for somebody who's been, let's say somebody was top level two years ago, and they left, you know, Rift, Star Wars, Guild Wars 2, whatever they left for, um, other than the level cap being higher and some new content being added, what's going to be different for them when they come back? Well, truthfully, um, there's a couple of things that have that have come in. I know... Just last week, they released update uh, 65 and a half, where they added uh, sorting options for bags, which is kind of nice. It mostly fluff stuff, though. Um, like I said, the sorting option for bags, where you can actually designate, okay, this bag, if you loot a spell, only the spell will go to this bag first, type of thing. Quality of life changes. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's really what they've been focusing a lot on here lately. I wanted to actually jump in real quick while, since Roxy had mentioned that it is not on her computer. And I have not done this in a while, but I do recall when I downloaded EQ2 last, it was a, it was a tremendous proposition for my computer. I had to leave it overnight running. I had to, I started the download and by morning it was done. Um, so if you, I, my computer is not, Top end by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not, it's not jalopy either. So I'm, I'm thinking if people have not downloaded the game and were hoping to participate in the glue, maybe to give themselves some extra time for that download, because it, it can be a beast. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's a, it's between a 15 and six or 17 gigabyte download. Luckily, they've got a streaming client which works 
I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, you're you're go when you download it. There's really no other choice now but to download the streaming client. But it's always better to get it fully installed before you start playing. Right, because I I, I did not have it work too well. It lets you get in there, but it it, it, it never really worked quite well. So you, you download the client and then you go through the update process, and the update process can be can be quite lengthy as well. So just yeah. kind of fair warning that you know if you're planning on playing. The first night, don't don't sit down at, at you know when you get home hoping to, to maybe get in that night. I think you're going to have to maybe do it the the night before. Yep, and I've uh, and I've spoken with my wife, and I've gotten uh, that weekend pretty much off. So I'm going to be available pretty much from Friday up until uh, probably morning time Sunday. So. And the dates again, that's that's next that's two weeks from now, right? Two weeks yep. from now, the 22nd to the 24th? The 22nd through the 24th, that is correct. Outstanding. And and like I said, and I'll be available uh, online prior to that. I'm going to try and make myself available on the weekends. I'm almost always online during uh, morning hours, uh, Monday through Thursday, so... If you want to get tagged early, catch me online, and I can get you tagged in. You know, send a message a to one of his crazy multi-boxing alts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a question. You had mentioned um, you can play with the stri- streaming setup. Yeah, the streaming Is, client. How, how do you get the other version, the game? Do you have to buy it, or...? No, no. Um, actually, you can go in once you've got the client downloaded and installed, or the yeah. Once you've got the 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 beginning client downloaded and installed, you can actually go into your options and set it so that you don't stream. Mm. And that way, basically, you set that, you restart your client, and then it'll actually download the entire game and won't allow you to get online until the entire game is downloaded and updated. Okay. Yeah, how the how the streaming client works, it's the same way in in WoW, I believe. I think Rift even does it now too, where you've got enough in that you can actually run the game, but then when you go to a zone, if you don't have those assets loaded, it will stop and make you wait at the loading screen while it pulls them all in, and then it'll put you in the zone. Yeah. And, so and it, then you it move works, to the, it doesn't really. Yeah. Work. Then you move to the next one. If you don't have those assets, it'll pull them all in, and that's not a way to play. No, that that makes no. for a very bad game experience. Exactly. And we don't well, want anyone to, to have a bad game experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am actually excited. Um, I had played a little bit of DDO before that glue. I would played Star Wars before that glue. So this time I'm going into something I've never really seen before. So that it'll be all new to me. I mean, I played the original one for... Six months, I quit before the the Ruins of Kunark, the first expansion, was out and moved on to a different game. So, you know, I'm basically an EverQuest virgin at this point. So, it'll be something new for me. Well, I can't wait, me to, too. Can't wait to get all you in there and playing. This will be I've fun. never really played EQ2. <laughs> no, I've never played EQ2. And I've played EQ1 for like maybe a week or two. I, I, before you got here, Rox, I was telling Ryland that I the last time I played EQ2, I was Arthur and, and Ray were still there, so it had been oh, it's wow. been yeah quite a few years. I, mean, I don't know when Art yeah. left, but that was it's been a couple of years ago at least. Got a couple of years now, yeah, two thousand six, seven. 
Something like that, yeah. Wow. That's a bit well, that was when he left the High Council. I don't recall when he left. He left the EQ2 before that. You know, right. you're right. You're right, yeah. Now, can we help with, like, guild achievements, or are those all for high-level players? Well, I'm going to have to look into that a little further because I know they just redid all of the the achievements, uh, the entire achievement system. I think if we can get some of the high level or the uh, the uh, either raid level contested mobs, even the lower level raid level contested mobs, I think we can get achievements for that because currently. We don't have any new achievements, or we don't have any achievements because they reset everything with this new update. Oh, well, my. Do we have a guild hall? Yes, we do. Okay. We have a guild hall in uh, New Hollis. And as soon as, uh, as soon as a character is created, I'll be sure to, uh, as soon as I get you, uh, at least as soon as I get you tagged, I can uh, port you up to the guild hall so that you can get a guild port so that you can go to the guild hall at any time, because we have all the amenities in the guild hall. We have all the crafting, we have vendors, we have the guild bank, the regular bank, we have brokers, pretty much everything, including teleports, that you need once you get out into the world. Are there wow. ale and whores? <laughs> uh, I think we may have ale. I'm not sure about that. I'll have to double check. But <laughs> I remember the I, I remember the old guild. We switched guild halls, did we not? Did we go to we went to a smaller one when the branch started to shrink a little bit because of the rent. Yes, we did. We went from a, a tier three to a tier two guild hall. I, I remember the, there were some weird rooms in that old guild hall. Yeah, in the tier three guild hall, there were some some strange like the, places. The pet room. <laughs> With just like all of these critters running around, I mean, I felt like I was walking into what? Like, yeah, and then there was this. I remember distinctly going into this one room that was just it was a newer, it was this immense room, and it was simply packed to the ceiling with like bearskin rugs or something. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And there were rooms like that all over the place. Like there was there was what? like the bearskin rug room and uh-huh. the chair room and the I don't know the barrel. I don't remember, but I just remember it was and the place was that huge. That sounds like and, a good time. Oh, it was it was it was huge. We had we had more rooms than we knew what to do with. Uh, clearly, I mean, you were you were you know uh, storing massive quantities of bearskin. <laughs> so, Ryland, you've been with the EQ2 branch since the days when you know we'd log into Teamspeak and there'd be forty of them online and they were tracking DKP for their raids and all that. Oh yeah, I've been I've been here since the beginning. Wow, really? That's, okay. That's dedication. Yep, I transferred uh I transferred from EQ1 to EQ2 at the beginning. I was originally actually with a uh with a duchy that actually quit Nor and move or and formed their own under I don't know if you would remember him but Nor Tempest. Oh yes. Yes, I was uh, I was with yeah. his I was with his group. That was the name uh, I remember. And uh, I actually, that's when I first split and uh, came to Ray's server and started playing with her and uh, and the group that I was with, well, forever. <laughs> that's dedication. All right. I'm going to want to pick your brain about that for a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm not, not, not now. Yeah, Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of stuff come and go with the EQ2. So I mean, not to 
you mind if I ask? I mean, you're you're um, you were there when we all were witnessing, you know, forty people in TeamSpeak event and at the heyday of the branch, and and uh, there you are now, and, and you're you know you you don't have as certainly as many nearly as many members, and you don't have regular rates and all this other stuff. I mean, how do you um, particularly as an officer that is now leading that branch? What makes you stick with it? What, what, what keeps you going back to the game? What keeps your spirits up? What keeps you believing in your your branch and in your in your realm? And of course, in in, in NOR. And uh, I mean, is it uh, is, you yeah. know have you, have you been discouraged by the by the contraction in the in the branch? Of course, or, or you know, well, I don't know what are your I, thoughts? I, I can't say that I haven't been discouraged with uh, with the shrinking of the branch because I've been with NOR. Since I want to say '95, so possibly '94. Really? Yeah, I I originally joined Nor during Never, the original Neverwinter Nights on AOL. You must have been one of the first players on Neverwinter Nights. No, I wasn't one of the first. Well, no, I wasn't one of the first players on Neverwinter Nights, but uh, but I was definitely there, pretty close. But wow. I'm, <laughs> and, and believe it or not, I, I didn't know, know that. I didn't know this either, Riley. This is news to me. I mean, I, um, I, I, I sort of lumped you in a little. Forgive me, but I just sort of lumped you in, kind of with Taylor's generation. That's sort of a little bit, you know, maybe ten years on, kind of area. Oh no, oh no. I've been, uh, like I said, I was Nor with uh, with Neverwinter Nights. I moved with uh, Nor Tempest when he went to. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Dark Sun Online. Was Dark Sun it? Online, that's it, yes. I, w- I moved with him to Dark Sun Online. Holy cow. Oh, he's a geezer just like the rest of us here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I moved to EQ1. What a ride. <laughs> and I moved to EQ1. Do and remember, then to the- um, oh, go ahead. No, do you remember uh, Zipnap? Do you remember me? <laughs> you, I remember. You, know, you played EQ1, right? For about a week. I hated oh. that game. I hated it. <laughs> okay, because there was... There was... There was two Roxanne. There was a Roxanne that played... In, she played yeah, EQ2, right? But I'm cute. Right? Just yeah. saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to play with, with, I believe, the other Roxanne in EQ1. Yeah. For for quite a while, I played uh, over there right. with... With Ray and and Dahlgren and uh, all of them, but uh, but yeah, originally in EQ one, of course, like I said, I had moved there with uh, Nor Tempest, and when he separated from the guild, that was for me that was a really big deal because he separated from Nor, but I had been Nor for so long that it was okay. Do I go with the people that I know or? Do I stick with Nor and and go with these players that I've never been with, and, and that was a real tough one right. for me. Wow, but uh, but yeah. I chose I chose to Not stick bad. it out, stick it out with Nor and. Uh, Do you remember Colwyn well, um, and Eve? The names sound familiar. They were in EQ. I think was EQ release EQ two released like in two thousand. Two thousand. Was they were probably in EQ one, and then they caused a big stink because you know they wanted to detag like That's their main right. character and join a raiding guild. Yeah, well they were they were really close friends of ours, and uh, we just caught up with Colwyn 
uh, what, last, in January? Oh, And wow. he requested to come back. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um. Well, you tracked him down. You know. Speaking of awesome. information about uh, old people, I don't know if uh, I know I post. I believe I posted it on the boards, but actually, uh, uh, Nor Tempest and uh, Lady Le- uh, Lessa. Yeah. I don't know. If they are both back in EQ2, and I haven't seen them on in a while. But they're both playing and actually tagged as Nor again. Mm-hmm. Tempest and and his wife came back on Star Wars, I believe. Not oh. too, too long ago. I mean, I believe it was maybe a couple of months after the opening. They talked to me. They talked to Rox. They, they, he talked to Tundra. Tempest approached me. He said that, you know, he had he had left on some unusual terms and was concerned that we know who he was and that there was some baggage there. Uh, so he was pretty upfront about it and just wanted to – I think he just wanted to, you know, rejoin the guild and quietly bide his time and, and just have some time. I think Gillenrod said that Lessa was who recruited him. She was who recruited yes. me also. Yes. I, yeah, Gil's mentioned that before. Lessa and I think it's on his little tackle. Tempest or, or Ryland? Well, she uh, Lessa recruited me back okay. in AOL. Oh, I'm saying Gil said that Lessa recruited Gil. Gil, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay. that's why we need the new roster to come up. We can get the recruiting thing on there and we can all, I know. Build, we can all build our Nor genealogy. <laughs> wow, that'll go way back. That'll be interesting. Mm. I hope you know if you can trace it back that far. I got mine. Mine skeletons. Well, I mean, mine is like Alina recruited me. Somebody recruited Alina, and I haven't recruited anybody. So skeletons are going to come out. Um, I can't think of any recruits of mine that are still in the guild and active. Yeah, that's. I mean, I've recruited people, but they're not here anymore. Yeah, Kai, I suppose, is one. That's one of my better recruits, of course. Well, that was a fantastic trip down memory lane. Uh, <laughs> one last question for Ryland, since I, I didn't realize he was as, as old as dirt as, as I am. Um, Ryland, EQ2, Tempest, Dahlgren, when he was Dark Boar, I believe, right? Dark Boar, Dor Pumbaa, oh yeah. Yeah. Were you a grape? I was not a grape. I was not high enough level. All right, so where did the grapes originate? I've been trying to track this down. The grapes originated in EQ1. Okay, that's where I sort of was guessing, but I had no confirmation of it. Oh, yes, the grapes originated in EQ1. They all wore the purple armor, which is why they nicknamed themselves the grapes. Uh, And they were a group that got together once a week to do dungeon runs. Right, okay. I was just curious. Yep, I was not part of that illustrious group. (laughs) Were you a grape? Me? No, no. All right, let's finish. Sorry, my feral dogs. Roxy's 18 feral dogs are running around. Um, Let's wrap this up. Realm events, um, I'm not going to list them all anymore. Star Wars Rift and Guild Wars 2 each have realm events uh, scheduled for every week. They are on the events board on the forum. Um, You can also subscribe to the calendar and get them on your phone or whatever other device you want to get them on. there's just way too many to list off at this point. Uh, the EverQuest 2 Glue, as we mentioned, March 22nd through the 24th. Um, EverQuest 2 is a big-ass download, so don't queue it up on Friday and expect to get in that day. Um, you might as well just load it up now and, you know, prepare yourself. Um, squirings and promotions. Oh, jeez. Uh, we can't wait two months between regular shows next time. Um 
Got five recruits, four of them in Star Wars, Goragon, Kalon, Tobra, and Paladin. Poor Paladin got his recruiting welcome post hijacked by Unicorns versus Griffin. Boy, did he. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then... Hey, that is... That. I mean, he's he gonna go that. running for the hills. He did ask about it. He asked what it was about, and then everybody just sort of went off. Um, so that was good. Uh, DDO slash Neverwinter has a recruit in Magna Fangs. I'm not gonna say Fang X. I think it's Fangs. Um, then we got promotions. Star Wars has two new squires, uh, Data and Dav Care. Uh, Guild Wars 2 has a squire in Bree and a couple of knights in Alzadel and Bear Dancer. Um, it wasn't that long ago we were announcing Alzadel's squiring on the podcast. And Bear Dancer. And Bear Dancer, so yeah. um, they must be kicking ass for Sayella over there. Uh, Gil and Rod is a Baron again in the Star Wars. Yes! So God help <laughs> That shows poor judgment on his part. And we have some birthdays, do we not? We do have some birthdays. Poxy is turning 33 this month. Tundra is turning 35, and Vashile is turning 36. Right. Wow. Happy birthday, guys. I noticed a couple months, or last month, that my birthday was appearing on the calendar. But that's because I had the date backwards. It was listed as uh, 2-8 instead of 8-2. So you don't get to wish me happy birthday yet. Your you birthday is August the 2nd? Yeah. Mine's July 30th. How about that? They're separated by, you know, some years, too. That would mean well, you're I much older, help it right, you're... Tallow? Yeah, I mean, she's going to be turning 29, obviously, and I'll be turning 32, so. Okay. Yeah. I started playing Euserbius when I was, like, seven. <laughs> three. Maybe three. All right, so that's it for this week. Then everybody give me a Hail Nor, and we will sign off. Hail Nor. Hail Nor. Hail Nor. Hail Nor.